I'm Alicia Michalisic Kurtz, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear a story from Dr. John Hamilton, an emergency physician in San Antonio, Texas. John came to us at Real Talk after basically finding us randomly on the internet, which, first things first, hopefully that is a good message to all of you out there that if you have a story you want to share with your colleagues or with us, please do not hesitate to reach out. We love it. But anyway, so John had noticed something at his job in Texas that is totally 100% universally experienced for healthcare workers, but is also absolutely not talked about because it's uncomfortable and embarrassing. And that thing is, most of us in the healthcare field go to work every day with at least a low baseline level of fear. In every single job that exists, people make mistakes. It's a normal part of the human experience. We are not perfect, not any of us. And making mistakes is a natural part of living a human life. But unlike many other jobs, when you make a mistake in healthcare, the outcome can be serious injury or illness to another person. Doctors and nurses devote themselves to making people better, to saving lives, but the more science advances, the more there is to know. Diagnoses and treatments and new medications and their doses and when you are and are not supposed to use or do certain things. It's honestly a lot. And it's unrealistic to expect any provider to know everything. It's just not possible. And yet, there is this existing culture in healthcare where we still act like perfection is the goal or is the actual expectation that we have of each other. This leads to so much judgment and finger pointing and inviting and then when you do make a mistake because they do happen, It leaves you with an incredible amount of self-doubt and shame and, yeah, fear. I think we can all agree that fear is not the emotion any of us would like to be the predominant thing the people taking care of us or our loved ones in the hospital are feeling. So why is this a thing? And how do we fix it? How do we move away from letting this judgment and fear continue to cause rifts and strain between our teammates? This is John's story. And one thing I've noticed, especially with COVID, and I think it's incredibly timely, is the stress that we're, we're facing. Uh, not just, I mean, you know, uh, not just stressful jobs, but stressful times, whether it's uh, personal safety stress, family stress, financial job security stress, all these stressors, um, you know, and, and ultimately just sort of this fear that, that bleeds into to our minds. And uh, one of the things that I realize is I'm, I'm pretty, pretty average. And in that regard, I probably connect with a lot of you here because I bet a lot of you here have some of the same fears and concerns that I do. And so I wanted to kind of explore that. You know, I'm, I'm really pretty lucky. I got a, a, a lot to be thankful for. And yet every day I find myself afraid of something. And you know, fear in medicine is, is very real. And one of the things that I am afraid most of in medicine is being wrong. It's inherent in the job that we do, that it's, it's going to happen from time to time. A fear of missing something, making the wrong diagnosis, having a bad outcome. Maybe I made a mistake in ordering a, a medicine on the wrong patient. 
there's an incredible burden of knowledge. We're supposed to know all this information. We go to school forever, and it's embarrassing when we forget something or flat out don't know something because there's new information that's rolling out all the time, certainly as COVID has displayed. And it's, it's intimidating. In, in training, they talk a lot about this this gestalt, this idea that that you have this gut feeling that you're like this patient's sick or not sick, and that's great. But you can't really read about it. Maybe you can a little bit, but you really have to experience it. And how do you get experience? Well, you do it. Sometimes when you're going through that, you make mistakes. Now, hopefully, you're making those mistakes in training, and your seniors are catching that, and, and everything's going well. But you're continuing to grow that all the time. And it's really uncomfortable, especially when you get out there on your own, whether it's in nursing or as a physician or as a tech or EMS, whatever your healthcare provider role is, you're still always learning. You're always growing. And there's always that underlying fear that what if I don't know enough? What if I, what if I miss something? You know, it, it's, it's stressful. There's also the fear of others in medicine. We don't talk about this a whole lot. And I think that we should. The fear that when I call upstairs that I'm going to have forgotten to order something and I'm going to look stupid and it's embarrassing. I find myself afraid of that quite a bit. I spent my life, better part of my life, training for this job. And, you know, when the fear adds up, when you start thinking, oh, gosh, I missed that. I must be stupid. Well, then you start second guessing yourself, starting to you know, question your decision making capability. Well, then it slows down your decision making capability. And then it even compromises, and perhaps you start making bad decisions because you start second-guessing yourself, and you spiral kind of out of control. So it can be a bad thing. I've also got fear as a leader. I'm a relatively new emergency department director, and I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know everything, and I'm learning every day. And there's stuff that comes up, and I, I'm like, wow, I don't remember reading that in a book anywhere, and I hope that it wasn't in a book. <laughs> But it's uncomfortable when you're trying to find this, this balance and recognizing that I'm supposed to be a leader and I'm supposed to be getting these things right. My team's supposed to look to me and yet I'm dropping the ball. I, I think I'm, you know, treating all my team fairly and then maybe I'm missing something. I'm paying more attention to one team member than the other and not recognizing that, you know, this team member needs a little bit more attention or needs a different type of communication or a different coaching altogether. Sometimes you hear people talk about this imposter syndrome, this idea that uh, I'm, I'm not good enough to be here. Spoiler alert, I'm not. But um, it's more concerning that the imposter syndrome is kind of deeply embedded in medical culture. And that this expectation that we're supposed to be perfect all the time is unrealistic. It's not even, it's not healthy. And that tendency to expect that of ourselves and, and also expect it of our colleagues, which is also unrealistic. Fear can be a recipe for disaster. And the more afraid that I am, uh, the worse I tend to do. And I think that we all do worse when we're under stress. And I'm not talking about the stress when you've got a busy ER or you've got a sick patient and everyone's working in sync. I'm talking about the stress of feeling like people aren't on your team, feeling like the people that you work side by side don't believe in you and that you're not a part of that bigger community. The fear that there may be rudeness that comes out. And I think that that deters from our ability not only to care for ourselves, but to care for our patients. I always use the example that the airplane, people tell you that when the plane's going down, you put the oxygen on yourself first and then on your neighbor or your kid because you're no good to anyone if you're, if you're dead. Um, and I think that we can change that culture. 
I think that we have the opportunity to create this place where we understand mistakes happen. It's not to say that we accept the mistakes. It's to say that we approach it from a, a different stance of learning and coaching as opposed to irritation and frustration. I also would love it if we could create a culture where we, where we move from that blame mentality that is so common so many places where I've worked to that group ownership where, hey, you know what? Uh, you didn't do this, but that's probably because I didn't tell you that you should have done this. And, and, and it's really on me. And, and we're, we're in this together. And just having that communication, that open dialogue, we're all a team. And if we can create that mentality of group, <laughs> group ownership as opposed to trying to blame something on someone else, we're just going to get better. We're just going to thrive. I think that it's important that we create a place where we can be honest about our feelings. And when we miss something, be able to say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I missed that. I forgot to order this. I forgot to hang this medicine, fill in the blank. And appropriately be coached, but hey, look, you know, next time let's do it this way so that it helps you remember. But in an encouraging way, as opposed to, I can't believe you did this. I ordered this 30 minutes ago, blah, blah. Because that doesn't really do anything but create more stress and quietly, I think, creates more fear. You know, I think our job, uh, we have to make quick decisions and we always wish we had more information. But I think it's important to know that just because our work isn't perfect, it's not flawed. We're doing the very best that we can and we need to remind each other of that. And I think it's really important that if we take this mentality that it's not because we're stupid or inadequate, it's because we're growing, we're learning, that we're gonna create a culture that is gonna be different than anywhere else in the, in the city, maybe the state. And I think that's gonna be a really positive place for us to end up. So I would ultimately encourage us to use fear as a motivator. I uh, will be the first one to stand up here and say, I don't know everything. And every shift, I probably look something up and that's okay. And I think that it's important to have a team base where my nurses know, hey, look, we might have to look this up. Let's do this together. And I, I also want to say I care. I care a lot. I, I want us to be better. I want us to be encouraging to one another. And I guess because I believe that as we build each other up, we're actually making patient care better. And I really do believe in that. I think that as we grow together as a team, we're also going to realize that our group gestalt, our individual gestalt, that experience that comes from experience is just going to get stronger and stronger. And I mean, that, that is why they call it the practice of medicine, right? Because we're practicing it every day. I think that's important for us to remember, uh, not only in giving grace to ourselves, but in giving grace to our, our peers. And I'm not sure what it's going to take for us to make that change, but I think that this is a great start. I think that if we can start to think differently about how we handle mistakes and approach our peers and ourselves with grace as opposed to frustration and really make an effort to say, hey, look, we need to fix this. It's not okay that this mistake was made. I'm not saying that, but we realize that it happens and we're going to put a plan in place to prevent this from happening in the future. If fear is real, it's, it's not going away. It can be disastrous, but it can also be a motivator. And I would encourage you to allow it to fuel you for ourselves, for each other, and for the patients. And I think that that really will be the difference maker in improving us going forward. I love John's story. 
in part because this issue, the way healthcare providers treat each other with intolerance and judgment and frustration, this is something that's really hard for me to deal with personally in my own everyday practice. I hate it. I hate having other doctors ask me why I didn't or did do X, Y, or Z, which, yeah, sure, it's totally obvious to them three hours later when I'm calling because we have all these test results back and the answer is so much more clear now. But to me, it was not so obvious when the patient first came to the ER with nothing but the story of their symptoms. And I had to sort through all of that and try and figure out what was going on while making sure that I hear their concerns and loop in their family, treat their pain, while balancing also the other 15 patients that just came in over the past few hours and doing all of that without missing anything important. And of course, then constantly feeling like I'm going too slow in the eyes of everyone around me, even though I personally haven't actually sat down, eaten, drank water, or peed in like seven hours. Or when my own teammate, the other ER doctor next to me, is boasting about how many patients they've seen or how fast they're moving, clearly trying to point out that their number is so much higher than mine. But it doesn't honor at all that maybe three of my patients are very sick and needed multiple consultant phone calls and procedures and more of my time being in their room. And in between that, I answered a bunch of phone calls and helped the PA with something. All of these things that take time. And that's just not reflected by a single data point. So yeah, that why are you so much less awesome than me attitude, it's more than frustrating. It's infuriating and hurtful. And it completely dismisses the fact that we all went through the same grueling training and years of education, and we continue to study and learn and improve in order to do our job to care for our patients in the best way that we each possibly can. Why don't we treat each other with more grace as a healthcare team? What would it take to change the lens we see each other through from one of judgment to one of support? And how do we get our teams to value honesty and empathy, asking questions, looking stuff up, admitting when you don't know or when you made a mistake, instead of fighting so hard to seem perfect all the time and making all of our concerns somebody else's fault? This is a culture the House of Medicine has built over years and years and years. And it is certainly not going to be something that we change overnight. But finding leaders like Dr. Hamilton that get their teams together to have a more open dialogue about it, that seems like a great first step to me. Thank you to John Hamilton for sharing his story with us, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.